Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to learn who they are, what they do, and why they do it. My guest today is Chris Gary. Welcome, Chris. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Ugh, thanks for. Uh, I'm glad it worked out this time. We had a we had a miss. We had a yes. Oh, back in January. Um, so I'm just excited yeah. that I managed to remember to get back and that you took the what I always call the generous leap uh, to push the button to jump on these strange calls with this weird person who asks all these odd questions. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we had we had a great time. We were talking and talking. I'm like, we should probably press record. I have been in like the last couple of weeks. I've been thinking and writing a little bit for other projects around this idea of discipline. I have a post-it note, which some people will know, stuck to my monitor. It's the only note stuck to my monitor. And it says, there are no mm -hmm. miracles. There is only discipline. I'm I'm going to say I'm a big believer in discipline in the sense of like, yeah. I believe in gravity. <laughs> it's like, what, what, sure. what could it be to not have discipline? And I often find myself wondering, um, am I disciplined? Like, or am I stubborn? Like sometimes I feel like what yeah. I think of as discipline is I really should just give up on the, that thing and move on. Uh, so I was mm -hmm. thinking as someone, you know, like quick read on you from lurking on the internet a little bit, you're, to me, you look like you're pretty darn disciplined because you're clearly running a physical gym. Um, so that requires mm -hmm. discipline for all kinds of things that don't involve, like there's lots of stuff happens behind the scenes, right? That all has to get done. Right. Uh, but also just looking at your physical capabilities, like in calisthenics and handstands, you strike me as somebody yeah. who must have a lot of discipline. So I, 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 we talked like, let's, let's start there. So I, I think I'm curious about like, what does discipline mean for you and how does that really factor into what you do? And then you also have the benefit of maybe talking about what you see your clients doing with discipline or not. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, as I mentioned just briefly, right before we started recording to me, discipline and the idea of willpower can kind of get thrown around, thrown around in a way that almost has this like religious zeal to it that, you know, like no matter what you do in life, you need more of this. And you're yeah. like, there's almost like a morality around it. Like you're like a bad person if you don't have these things. And, you know, I, the way I was, um, you know, trying to phrase it, I think sometimes if you can set up like low friction environments in a way that you can just like start an activity or start a yeah. task or have um, like the least amount of effort required to start something and then build momentum over time. That's one thing I definitely see with my clients that, you know, once they get into a routine and like are building these habits that I, I don't really get the impression that it requires a ton of discipline or willpower for them. If it's something that they're used to doing, something that they enjoy doing for sure, like enjoyment and fun is a large part of that. Um, and for myself, I think that's why I sometimes don't always think of like my training as something that requires discipline because I mm -hmm. enjoy it a lot. I have a space that I've you know been fortunate to create that I like spending time in. Um, and then, you know, the joke I mentioned to you is the thing that for me that requires discipline is like doing my taxes and <laughs> right. you know, doing all the administrative the and logistical things. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, but you know, I, I totally get it. And especially for starting something new, um, or if it's something that is not enjoyable for you, which, you know, if, if there's like a struggle involved, then those things tend to be a little bit more frustrating. Hmm. Um, so trying to find ways to start new things that are you know more engaging and enjoyable and hopefully not frustrating. Um, so that there's like the right amount of struggle that's engaging and forces you to concentrate and focus, um, but without, you know, without feeling like super sore, without getting injured and these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, 
That's a really good point about the right amount of struggle. <laughs> I have done some dumb sure. stuff. And I don't mean like the dumb stuff that we need to look up the statute of limitations on before I can tell the story. I just mean like dumb stuff like let's QM across <laughs> a bridge that's two kilometers long. You know, things I look back yep. and I'm like, that was fun. I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to like, I'm going to train for it more. I'm going to do it fast. Like, no, I did that once. I learned a lesson. Yeah, I learned a couple lessons. But yep. the right amount of struggle, that's that's like really hard. And um, I, I'm not yeah. really a runner, but I do run. And where I, I don't know, I know where you are, but where I am, it snowed today just for a fact. Like I, oh, I, wow. I happened, yeah. I happened to open the door, like unexpected, and it was snowing like crazy. And I'm like, wow, didn't expect a snow, snow squall, but it wasn't yeah. really sticking, but it was snowing for a fact. And I had opened the door because I was going to go for a run. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right, well, I guess, you know, and so yeah. discipline popped into my head and I, I thought, you know, I actually thought, you know, a disciplined person would run whatever the weather is doing. And it's just snowing. It's not even below freezing, Greg, like just go. And yeah, I kind of used discipline like as a meta, like somebody who was disciplined would go run. I'm not disciplined, but I'm going to go run it. Like I kind of faked myself yeah. into it. And it, uh, when you said the right amount of struggle, that like, that was actually just the right amount of struggle because the run wasn't any harder sure. than any other time. But that, yep. the I hit this little like boop, this little uphill bit there at the door in the snow, and then yep. just went oh well I've come this far, and I, you mentioned um, we should we should talk about that we should talk about the gym uh, before we do yep. that um, you mentioned the clients and people coming to the gym and I'm thinking there's something about uh, just get to the gym and then oh it's all downhill mm -hmm. you know for your clients who are interested in handstand progress or something that they're working on yeah. And I'm wondering, have you, have you seen that? I'm guessing it's more challenging for clients who are working remotely because, you know, the, I'm air quoting the gym for them is like mm -hmm. the living room or the den sofa, you know, and the dogs in the background and the kids upstairs. Um, have you seen people mm -hmm. um, needing to like hack their lives more because everybody else just has the mm -hmm. easy hack of go to the gym? Like it's this friction uh -huh. reduction thing that's automatic. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. When we were kind of in peak COVID times with 2020 and 2021, we were offering lots of virtual training options. So the good thing is that we did a lot of body weight training anyway. So it kind of translated decently well to people's apartments and their living rooms and their, you know, patios that they had it. Um, but the interesting thing that I noticed in 2022 and now is that we didn't really get that many people interested in training in their living room anymore. Like they wanted to go to a space that was kind of made and dedicated in a community yeah. of social people that are going to train these ways together. Um, and obviously not to say there's not people who do train at home. I wouldn't be surprised if you do work from home and then train at home. And then it's like a very tough thing mentally to kind of separate <laughs> those two. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I can imagine that. And I think hopefully that's why with the people who, you know, I work with in person, you know, it is a separate place. It is like you had mentioned this idea of almost like a dojo where when they come in the door, they can set their bag down and then, whatever else they were having to deal with for the day can be yes. behind them. They don't, they don't need to keep that in the forefront yeah. of their mind. And then they see their, you know, their friends who they're used to just, the only thing we do here is handstands and strength training and flexibility. We don't have to worry about the other things from your day. Yeah. And that the no, we'll presume, well, I mean, I know what it is at your place, but the no judgment zone, when I'm, I'm going to presume that all gyms in the whole world are no judgment zones. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing, but let's just presume that. Um, but that idea of going to the space and who's in the space, other crazy people like me who are here to do crazy things or, you know, we don't right. think they're crazy, but that's that whole, uh, people like us do things like this. You know, we, we feel yeah. 
camaraderie. And you mentioned um, when you were talking about people, you, you were saying people want to come someplace where they can do this together. There's that social aspect. And yeah. really the the pandemic or the lockdowns or just the if you want to say the whole situation really, yeah. I think, made a lot of people realize, oh, you know what I really miss? I miss the people. Like I don't miss my job. I don't mm-hmm. miss the office and the water cooler. I miss talking right. to whoever at lunch or, you know, this person in the hallway or this person we used to work on these projects and, you know, it was like us against the world kind of projects. And right. that I think is if we if we can find a benefit from all of that, I think it's people realizing, you know what, I need more people. Like the people are the part that I really um, that I really yeah. draw energy from. Yeah, into my, into my ramble. Um, tell me. Yeah, I mean, group uh, fitness has been a thing for decades. You know, if you go back, you know, CrossFit oh, yeah. was where I was introduced to this idea. But before CrossFit, I mean, you can go with different yoga and Pilates, and you know, in the U.S., like jazzercise was like a social group thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> aerobics classes you know i'm old enough to remember that (laughs) sorry yeah and Uh, i think um you know from my end at least like i was part of a community in a crossfit gym like about 14 years ago hmm. um and that kind of that was when i realized that it was more than just the fact that we were showing up to work out um you know you're obviously gonna be making friends and you'll spend time with those people outside of the gym um so this idea of like a social gathering spot that just so happened Hmm. to also be like a fitness center um, I think that was at the forefront of my mind when I, you know, wanted to kind of like steer and create this thing that we have here in DC. Uh, yeah, the, the thing in DC, we keep talking about it—the name of the gym and the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the gym that I own and run is called Physicality. Uh, we're on H Street Northeast in DC. So our website is physicalitydc.com. We do a lot of calisthenics, strength training, hand balancing, flexibility work. Um, we do classes, online coaching, um, semi-private training, personal training. So a little bit of everything. But yeah, it's a good group of people. Um, definitely, like what you said, like a, a judgment-free zone. Um, I kind of joke, I didn't come up with this, but it's like a Harry Potter reference that, you know, when you go to a place that like people train like you, it's like, you know, a safe spot to train. And then other places are called muggle gyms. It's like the non-magic yeah. folks. So, so we're, we're like, you know, we're like a, ma- we're a wizarding gym or a magic gym. Yeah. But yeah, so people kind of, people get it, you know, when they train here. Well, that shared language now i mean shared language can also be a problem right like you shared language can create in groups and out groups which is right next to us and them which is right next to a lot of isms that we don't like um Mm -hmm. but having a shared language you know and i was thinking like i was trying to talk to you a little bit beforehand about some of the things that i've tried that in, in the realm of weightlifting or calisthenics and just being able to use some common words it's like you can mm-hmm. kind of understand the struggle that I, maybe that I faced just because of like the way I'm talking, not like the tone of my voice, but I mean the words that I'm using. I, I tried this and sure. that worked and then I tried that and then this was a problem and then I had to do this and I've been doing a lot of this. And I think that one gets more comfortable when you know that the other person understands you. And, and in that right. sense, I mean, not just I said A, B and C, but you understand who, more about who I am and my personal mm-hmm. struggles and what I'm going through. And I think that's part of the magic that happens in shared spaces. I mean, those shared spaces can be, yeah. like, we all go to the same address on Tuesday and it can also be a shared space. Like, yeah, we all meet in randomly rotating parks to do the thing that we do together. Right. Yeah, uh, but that, absolutely. That society is a, a huge thing. Uh, what else? I try not to, I try not to like grab the steering wheel too much here. What else is uh, bubbling to the top of your mind now? 11 minutes in. Yeah, I mean, just because we were talking about it, you know, the idea of spaces, um, our current space as of December 2023 
we have about 12 months left. Most likely they're going to be um, tearing the building down to create some Sad apartments. Trump. So it is at the forefront of my mind thinking about what the next space would look like, both where it's going to be and what is it for? And is it mostly for in-person versus is it more for a space to be creating online events mm. versus our like workshops only, you know, those types of spots I've seen more and more of where, you know, on a daily basis, there's not a lot of people there in terms of like a fitness center, but they do host weekend workshops, you know, once a month and those types of things. And the idea of like creating a space is kind of on the forefront of my mind. Hmm. I, I went to a space in a place, you know, at a time and the space itself was really like exactly what I'm like, Whoa, this is really, you know, oh, this is great adjectives. Right. And then, but it was in a larger space that was mm -hmm. not a mall, but like an open pedestrian area in the center between two big buildings. Uh, I think yep. the, upper, the upper parts were uh, residences and the, the lower parts were all like retails. And, and this, so the place that I went to visit was in among other things. And yeah. I mean, it was, it actually took me a couple minutes to really go, wait, this is really nice because we were all in the space doing the thing. And then it was like, okay, mm -hmm. we get a break. And then we all just like, walked outside and there were places yeah. to sit and lounge and i was like oh this is a whole nother level to creating yeah. space for people it was like yes there's a space for like the people like us who do the thing but then we we're not just these weirdos from everybody else's point of view we're also embedded in and we're mm -hmm. intimately part of that larger culture and i i don't yeah. I know I've never been to a CrossFit gym. I mean, actually, I've been to a CrossFit gym. I've been to several, but never actually gone there for training. So I've never been a sure. part of a CrossFit box per se. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I worry that the great little gyms can be too much of a closed bubble. And I wonder if mm -hmm. beyond weightlifting type gyms, but like people who are interested in movement, me, you, people listening, if maybe we should yeah. focus more than we currently do on how does our space literally tie into the spaces around it? which just makes it right. harder. I know. I'm sorry, but that was something I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good point. I mean, in my years, you know, coaching and, and now running a business, I think I've found that there's certain like individuals whose personality types lend well to business ownership. Mm. <laughs> and then there's other individuals whose personality <laughs> lends well to coaching movement. And that, the, that Venn diagram has a very small overlapping circle in the middle. Um, <laughs> So it can be tricky, obviously, if someone, you know, likes coaching parkour, or likes coaching, you know, whatever other discipline movement wise it might be, um, then, you know, parlaying that into like a brick and mortar facility is obviously a whole nother skill set and, yeah. you know, a pool of resources. Um, and then, you know, you can layer that if it's in the suburbs and the city trying to integrate other spaces. I mean, I've always had the idea of like kind of an indoor outdoor um, model. And then just, you know, actually putting that into realities is, you know, an uphill battle, both yeah. in a city and just in general too. Hey, I want to knock your wall out and put a garage door in. Landlord's like, next, yeah. Lisey. <laughs> right, right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the CrossFit model from ever back in the day was, you know, the bare bones in terms of the physical space. And then you just kind of fill it with both people and, and the way they trained. Um, and I think that's interesting because like over the years, I, I, at least from what I've seen, it's kind of gone more towards not necessarily high end, but you know, the spaces themselves, the equipment themselves, the, the coaching and so on, the movements hopefully are trending in a more like qualitative direction. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, the first crossage of my trained in was like literally just drywall, the concrete yeah. floor, you know, the ceiling was untreated and, and then there was like barbells and plates. And that was about yeah, we it. We can lock the door so nobody steals our stuff. That was the whole, that was the feature. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, there's an eternal, uh, and I struggle is too strong a word. There's an eternal 
you know, op- opposite pole polarization between, mm-hmm. you know, somebody saying, I want to make a space, but that costs money. Like there's a landlord or a yeah. mortgage or whatever. And then, you know, everybody's like, okay, let's all go to the thing. Everybody has like a $5 bill and you're like, guys, this is like two orders of magnitude short. <laughs> yeah. And there's right, always right. this pull between how do we do the thing we love so much? Um, and I think my takeaway from that, you know, over all the years has just been when I f- stumble or find a place like that where somebody has managed to make it work, I'm like, I, I make a point of like off to the side, quite like, dude, this place is really nice. Thank you so much for whatever it is you did. You know, I don't know how sure. you sold your soul um, because that's really special. And I, I don't, I don't know that people don't appreciate it. I just think it's, uh, it's worth saying like, Hey, you know, Chris, like yeah. serious congrats for running a physical space in DC. Like, Whoa, that's not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because property prices are so expensive. I didn't mean like any political reasons, right. but just of like, course. DC is not, Oh yeah. Everything's cheap. <laughs> Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being on like a main street and so on too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, I'm wondering if you're feeling like the, we're going to say the opportunity to build a new physical space. Does that also give you the opportunity to reinvent what you guys, I know you were talking about, like, is it for courses? Mm-hmm. Is it for online? But like in terms of the content, are you feeling like you may want to also reimagine now nah, we want to do mm-hmm. more uh, Olympic style lifting, or we want to do, we really want to lean into calisthenics and hand balancing. Are you also feeling like not only could we mm-hmm. going to move, but we could reimagine what it is that we're trying to share with the world? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that question is always like, kind of like the forefront of my mind. I think to some regard, like I kind of think of it like if I'm the one that's going to be doing it, then it has to be some sort of like genuine expression of my own interests and practice mm-hmm. and, you know, desires to coach people. Like, if I'm just like chasing what I think the market is, that might not work well for me and as you know, an enjoyment level anyway. Um, so I don't see foresee like a huge pivot um, in terms of like, I think what makes sense is we are like kind of known for at least like offer this niche style of training, which is very body weight focused and, you know, lots of handstands and calisthenics and flexibility work. Whereas if you do want to do like certain styles of strength training, there's lots of other places you could also do that. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we do that as well, but there's not a lot of gyms that are going to coach like, front levers and handstands and front splits and pistols like all in the same day, you know? Um, so probably, you know, continuing to lean into like those types of offerings. Um, but like I said, genuinely, like I love to lift weights and my clients lift weights. I think it's both a healthy and challenging thing to do. And I don't foresee that going away or anything like that. Pick up heavy things is wise advice. Yeah. Uh, what's a, what's something that, um, so <laughs> I, I generally struggle to not refer to any groups of people as muggles, but you said it, not me. What is something <laughs> that you think that the muggles get wrong about calisthenic or hand balancing, kind of like a, kind of like a subset of calisthenics, but what's something you think that they get mm-hmm. wrong about calisthenics um, that maybe holds them back or keeps them from starting? Or Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Um, maybe a couple of things come to mind. And, you know, I'm kind of in like the fitness professional space. So I hear like other coaches say things like such as that, like, using your body weight can only get you so far for training. Um, you know, I think that just might be a little bit of a lack of knowledge around like how to use your body weight to challenge yourself. Hmm. Um, you know, if, for example, if you can do one chin up and then it turns into 10 chin ups, the only answer is not to do 20 chin ups. There's like a thousand ways to do chin ups. Right. Um, and you know, that's just one movement as an example. Um, so that might be one thing and maybe another thing. And this is just made a more broadly reflective of like everyone who's interested in fitness is that, you don't have to train just to either lose weight or build muscle or look better. Like there's a lot of other reasons to train. And in fact, those reasons might not always stick around in terms of like the discipline and the willpower and the motivation. 
there's, you know, bone density, there's learning new skills, there's, it's fun to do, it's enjoyable, right? Um, you see progress over time, you get better at something uh, and learn how to practice well, versus maybe from the outside, people think that it's just like a means to an end or something like that. I guess it also, you know, thinking about what are the, th- you mentioned bone density, and <clears throat> what flashed through my head was like, isn't like breaking a hip like a leading cause of death for older women. Like that's like a serious sure. thing, but I don't really yeah. think anybody under 40 gives a crap. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. a, that's a thing. But like, like, and there's epochs to life, right? So everybody's going to go through their phases. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that there's, there's sort of a challenge to, and I don't, I don't coach calisthenics. I don't coach at all, but there's sort of a mm-hmm. challenge to say to people like, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Figure out what you want mm-hmm. to do. Like, don't poo-poo calisthenics or body weight. If body weight right. isn't what you want to do, then go do what you want to do. And I think it only would be a problem if somebody was a coach and was, you know, trying to proselytize. Sure. And say, this is the way. The way is, you know, Olympic lifting yeah. only and that anything else is wrong. Um, right. And I think that's always interesting to see. Um, I'm going to say the spark of curiosity. Like, I've been to some events where I've been, you know, something as Craig's off doing his own thing because <laughs> people yeah. are doing things and I'm just like, that's nice. I'm going over here. And I was doing something weird. And then somebody who I would say is one of the normal, not, there are no, no muggles in this story. These are all people who are in the thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you got me saying it. <laughs> and I was doing something weird and somebody came over and went, what the f- are you doing? And then I went, yeah. oh, I'm just, you know, trying to do this, the, you know, blah, blah. and they were like, huh? And then I'm like, try it. And then they tried it and I left. And like a half hour later, they yeah. were still, you know. <laughs> so I, sure. I think there's there's like inside all of us, inside anybody who's really interested in any kind of movement or physical training, there's this curiosity part, this play-based part. And I think right. as long as yeah. people don't lose sight of that, they can always be excited to try new things or excited to be yeah. open to the other person's jam. Right, so right. Like, yeah, and I think play is... <clears throat> Yeah, I think play is an, an important part. Um, you know, I think the type of training that we often do from the outside, people might look at it like it's like a very loosely structured, just kind of like, oh, kick up to handstand or try a cartwheel and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, you're just screwing around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like when you, you know, get into the weeds, it's, you know, we're like very much so detailing progressions, like one step of a ladder at a time. Um, and then that's also maybe an important part is that like we're an adults only facility even though we do a style of training that most people often associate with children with gymnastics and so on. Mm. Um, you know, we don't, we don't do artistic gymnastics. We don't have like a spring floor. We don't really teach, you know, tumbling or acrobatics in that way. Um, you know, the most acrobatic would be like a handstand. Um, but also I think when you get here and then you start to approach certain things with like a fine tuned eye for detail, that can be fun and playful in its own way. You know, you start to realize that there's like levels of progression you weren't aware of, and then it becomes almost like a challenge to like take those steps up and kind of level yourself up over time. Hmm. My mind is drawn to this is going to be non sequitur. My mind is drawn to a quote by von Neumann. Is like the uh, people listening or movement people are probably going to go, "Who? What? Um, I don't know if I can find it. Oh, yes, I can. Uh, von Neumann. There you go." Uh, uh, so somebody asked him, I'm not going to give the whole pervasively. Somebody asked him, asked von Neumann, uh, what would it take for a computer or some other mechanical entity to begin to think and behave like a human being, which is a loaded question. Why do we assume that artificial intelligence would be like humans, but we'll let that stand. Right. So he took a long time before he responded and he said, this will make sense. He said, 
that it would have to grow, not be built. He said that it would have to understand language to read, to write, to speak. And he said it would have to play like a child. So sure. Yeah. Play yeah. Is something we always come out was like, hmm. <laughs> so I don't think the large language models are capable of play yet, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's fair. It, you know, the whole play, the goal of play is to continue playing. And, and as you were mm-hmm. saying, this find new levels of uh, difficulty or progressions inside the skill that I'm working on makes it playful. Um, right. Come back to that all the time. That's a common, I think that's like the number two most common word in when I ask people for three words, I think love is yeah. super common, but play comes up a ton. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. That, that left into my head. Cause I'm just like, you know, there's a lot about play. And anytime I think I hear people, anytime I hear people talk about play, I always think that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Somebody and even others. just, you know, training, training with other people often leads to things that would otherwise maybe be solitary and, and maybe even boring. Mm-hmm. It turns those into more playful moments. Like, you know, if when we're in a shared space together and we're like doing like a stretch or a flexibility drill and you can partner up and you can actually like help someone with that half of their drill. And those types of moments don't need to be, you know, always the most planned out uh, in advance or prepared. But again, just, you know, putting good people with like-minded interests in the same space tend to, you know, form a social community, which is awesome. That's what yeah. we're here for. Yeah. And that whole, like, if we're doing ab work, we all cramped together, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yes, yeah, we all, right. we all know the suffering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Communal that's... suffering. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that can also be a bad thing. We can go too far down that road and then it, you know, it turns into a giant hazing. This is not a sorority or a fraternity. Right. We don't need to be hazing each other. Um, but there is, um, to, to an appropriate extent, there's virtue in challenge. There's virtue in overcoming challenge. There's virtue in right. what, what I don't actually think is suffering. Suffering to me is different than how yeah. I'm having a cramp. <laughs> I mean, that's not suffering. Um, yep. But yeah, yeah that's, but I, f- I think I'm probably preaching to the choir, people listening about that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. what's, um, what's something that you've looked at, like, you know, and like it could be re- years ago, five, 10 years ago or, or recently, but what's something you've looked at and went, Oh, that's really interesting. And then I, I like back away from things like, Oh, I would love that, but I don't have a time or the space for it. Like what's something you've backed away from? It was interesting to you, mm-hmm. but you went, I'm going to choose to say no to that. Honestly, there's several things that come to mind, mostly just because there's like a finite amount of like time in the day, week and month to, to train and learn new things. Um, so for example, I used to boulder quite a bit, you know, a couple times a week. And just in terms of uh, like recoverability and like limited resources, I ended up like kind of sparsing that down. I still love it. I think it's great. It's super cool. It's a great, you know, movement modality. I used I to do jujitsu a couple times a week. Put some rock in your new gym. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I know. Get a little bouldering wall. <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Um, yeah, yeah. So I do jujitsu as well, and same thing. I mean, I think it's like an amazing, you know, combative art. Um, and in terms of if I wanted to get better at that, I probably would have had to commit more time to it versus mm-hmm. if I wanted to get better at other things. Um, and you know, maybe the same could be said. Like way back in the day, I did do a bunch of training under Ido Portal. Um, so kind of like seeing the basis of where a lot of his coaching and practice came from in that whole community. Um, and then where it went, which I, to me from the outside looks like a little bit more both dance and play and, and that kind of things, which I, you know, don't both, I don't think I have like a genuine interest in some of the parts of his practice. And also just realize again, if I were to try to, you know, grow in those areas, I would have to like both minimize a lot of the other sides of the things that I do. Hmm. Yeah. Half-assing doesn't work for me. Um, right. Uh, I mean, spent... being a generalist is not a bad goal. I mean, I think it's a it's a, a thing to try for, but 
in reality, I think generalism is more for in terms of like physical training is just you picking a few, you know, like similar, but different enough practices that you can all fit into one thing. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like strength training, calisthenics, flexibility, handstands, like they're all, they, there's enough overlap that I can kind of fit those into the same, you know, pie. Um, but then, you know, I try to cram in too many other things and then I just don't get better at anything <laughs> over time. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, um, if you don't learn how to say no, uh, every, everything that you say yes to, you're saying no to an unknown number of things later. And it took me a long sure. time to really put that lesson in my DNA. But now I'm like, people ask me something and I'm like, I'm trying to think of a reason to say yes to you because by default, I say no to everything. <laughs> Because otherwise, yeah, right, right. I wind up with like this crazy pile of, and then and then I'm not able to. Aside from it's not fun, I'm not able to actually be present. So, a lot of times people yeah. ask me for things, and I would love to help them. You know, maybe it's a technical question or or, or something like around podcasting. And a lot of times I have to say no because if I say yes, I know I'm, I won't be able to do a good job. Like I won't be able to give you more than thirty right. seconds and half of my attention. And it's just yeah. Yeah, fifty thousand years from now, nobody's gonna yeah. miss me. So I could. It's okay if they miss me today. Um, let's just let it, like, let things be. But, but again, back to the whole epochs of of life of life that right. there is a time where one should be trying to carve one's path through the universe. That's yeah. a thing that you need to do. Don't skip that. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. Trying new things is obviously a very you know good thing to do over time and you know, maybe there's a point in everyone's life that you should say yes to a lot of you know, wide variety of things just to be exposed to it and meet new yeah. people and try it. And then if you do have like an interest in getting better or you have like a lot of other things that take up your time, like a, an adult with a job and relationship and this and that. <laughs> or, or family, like a lot of some people, um, yeah. you know, some people have to choose like, oh, well, because right. of our job opportunities or where our family is, we're going to have to choose. Are we going to work or are we going to have a family? If we're going to have a family, then we can't have all these hobbies. Um, I really, right. yeah. Admire is not quite the right word, but I'm, I'm not quite the right word, but I'm really impressed by people who, who make a clear choice, whichever direction they choose family. Sure. Yeah. Um, I always admired decisiveness or like, you know, when people are like, okay, try yeah. this, I tried that and I'm going to pick, oh, go you like, cause sometimes I, ha I have trouble doing that. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. what else are we just watching our time tick by? Um, I can just yeah. say, uh, and of course the final question, three words to describe your practice. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking just because I did see this, you know, as one of the prompts. And I, I think there's maybe four. Uh, so deep intentional practice, I think would be the main three. But as we were talking about, I think it would have to be an element of fun or play or an enjoyment in there. I guess that's six. Uh, but in terms <laughs> of deep intentional practice, um, you know, I think if uh, personally tracing back a lot of different things I've gone through, um, both in like the academia world and music world and now fitness world, like that's kind of what I felt like I was doing was trying to like intentionally practice something in like a very like deep way. Um, and then that's kind of what I've tried to form as a community of people here is like when we show up, we like know that the thing is to try to like get better at something via practicing intentionally. Um, but yeah, if it's not fun, you're probably not going to stick around and keep going. And that even honestly goes back to the discipline and willpower. Like, if you constantly have to overcome something just to just start, then you probably won't start. So mm -hmm. if it's enjoyable and there's momentum there, that can be you know very helpful over time. Terrific. That's just kind of like my call sign. Um, Chris, it was a delight to get a chance to chat with you. Um, I hope this is not the last time our paths cross. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. And again, if you're interested, if you're in DC, physicality, we're at physicalitydc.com and we're up on 8th Street Northeast here in DC. Thanks again.